Hey, Scott, let's invite some friends over for dinner Friday night. Sounds like fun. Who do you got in mind? Well, Jennifer and I were talking about this already, so I was thinking it would be great to have her and Mike over. Jennifer? Mike? Who are these people? They're our friends. But I've never even met them before. How can they be our friends when they're not even acquaintances yet? We're married, babe. My friends are your friends now. Mysterious, mist and shrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters. You're listening to X and Y on the Fly, the dating podcast, with your hosts, Scott and Emily. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to episode number 48 of X and Y on the Fly. My name is Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. And I'll tell you what, Emily, it pretty much feels like episode number one here, and it may as well be because it's been so long since we've done one of these shows, I'm surprised we still know how to podcast. (laughs) No kidding. It's been a very long time with the children and everything else going on. We just hadn't had the time to get together and do one of these, and it's so important to do so for many different reasons. Plus, we'd used up a lot of the good topics, and we had to come up with some new ones. We did, and we came up with a whole bunch of fresh new topics, so we're going to do this up again. Yeah. Yeah. It might not be another three years before another episode. No, now that the children are older and we got things in line, we're ready to get things kicking and up and running. Pod fade? Us? Not us. (laughs) No, we're here to stay. Today we have a great topic. We do, and it may be the first of, I don't know, maybe three shows over the next three years. No, we're going to do this more often. Sure? Oh, it's too much fun. You promise? Yeah, I promise. Okay. Today we're going to talk about friend drama. Oh, yes. Every time you have a new relationship and your old friends and your new relationship trying to mingle together, there might be a few things come up that will kind of make things difficult. So let's talk about that. Well, I think, you know, we sort of touched upon it in our playful intro. Man, for a lot of guys, all of the friends we make are based on either work relationships or people we know who we go mountain biking with or go shooting guns with, or go playing golf with. And the next thing you know, once we have the love of our life in our lives, Mm -hmm. our priorities change. We start doing other stuff. Well, I think there's more fun things you can do with me you can't do with them. Well, but does that mean... (laughs) Your hobbies have changed. I'm now your hobby. (laughs) Well, I don't know about all that. It's just that your time is limited, and you have to divide up your time, and you just put your priorities in different places, and all of a sudden... The love of your life is your priority. I don't know. I just think people who are in a relationship think differently than people who aren't. I think there's truth to that, too. You go different places. You spend different blocks of time with people who are your same-sex friends when you're not in a relationship. That The conversations are different. The conversations are different. Yeah, you're not going out looking for women or looking for men and pointing them out and saying, Ooh, he's cute. You can't do that with your married friends. Why not? Well, you know, you got your hubby usually next to you, or it doesn't feel right. Well, you pick them out for somebody else. Yeah, You but wing people. It's just not the same. Yeah, I think you're right. It's really, really strange. But, you know, I think most guys would report once they get a woman in their lives, like a steady girlfriend, an exclusive relationship, or, you know, even getting married, 
their their social circle changes. It really becomes more up to the woman, I think, to become the social engineer of the family unit. Well, even for women, our circles change too because you find a lot of women who end up getting married or end up in a permanent relationship and all her single friends stop hanging out with her as well. Why is that? Well, let's talk about that today and figure out why that is. How is it and why is it we can't hold on to our single friends? Well, I think a lot of times your friends start sabotaging your relationship, especially if they don't have a relationship of their own. Could be jealousy. Yes, or they could be missing their friend. It's almost like being in a broken up relationship because your friend's no longer hanging out with you anymore. And then your friends also worry about you. You know, is this guy right for you? And if they think that he's not, that just adds to the fuel. That, you know, she's hanging out with this horrible person and she's not hanging out with me and that's just not right. That type of attitude. There's a uh, failure to agree to disagree about this person being in your friend's life. Right. And if they think that person's poison, well, they're going to think they're doing the right thing by trying to break you up. Even if it's sort of under the radar, kind of subtle. Right. That happens sometimes on Facebook. People can kind of leave something on someone else's wall to insinuate, hey, maybe you're interested in someone else or this, that, and the other. I remember one time, you know, Facebook be darned, I was actually out live and in person with someone I was dating before I met you. And they brought a friend along with them. And we went out to, you know, a bar or a club. And this woman was bringing guys to the table, actively introducing my girlfriend to other guys. Wow. That was pretty rude, wasn't it? <laughs> Extremely. <laughs> Very I was obvious. Like, you got to be kidding me. Some friend, right? Right. Yeah, right. it didn't work. But I just thought that was one of the rudest displays of female insensitivity I'd ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, normally that doesn't happen, but, you know, they mean well. Really? Well, if they think that you're the wrong guy for her, yes. But I wasn't the wrong guy for her. She doesn't know that. Well, I thought it was still pretty rude that she would bring some guy to introduce to my girlfriend. I mean, I'm in an exclusive relationship with this woman. She knows it. Mm -hmm. She's bringing guys randomly from the bar to introduce to her. Oh, this guy wanted to meet you. Maybe you should dance with him or he wants to buy you a drink. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's playing matchmaker for a woman who's already got a boyfriend. Right. And then the woman got so drunk later that I had to ride her motorcycle home for her. Oh, goodness. So then I had to do a favor for her. Oh, goodness. Well, her friend was a little kind of off. Yeah, I, that's just not right. That's not normal. And that's not a friend. No. Mm-mm. But anyway, on Facebook, man, wow. Sometimes you can see when you're looking at other people's Facebook walls and reading what's up with them and the messages that they're leaving, you can see friends trying to sabotage each other on Facebook and their relationships. But I can see how that would happen. You brought it to my attention before with a couple of your friends. <laughs> I guess I have, haven't I? Yeah, especially if there's divorces or oh, breakups sad. and then someone's trying to really ruin the other person right. after the breakup in light of the new person they're seeing. Man, that is totally drama. Yeah, it is. And it's not something you want in your life. Yeah. I tell you what, guys and gals listening to this, watch your back on Facebook. Watch what you say on Facebook. Watch what you're trying to do to other people on Facebook. Watch what's being done to you on Facebook because it's public. I mean, everybody can see this stuff. It's happening out in broad daylight. Right. And no matter how much privacy you put on it, really, if it's in writing, it's no longer private. Yeah, absolutely. And then there are the friends who actually actively hit on your significant other right before your very eyes. Oh, we've seen a lot of that. That happens more often than it should. Is it just a power play? 
Is it just, I'm going to try to see if I can get your boyfriend or girlfriend from you because I'm better than you? Is it just a caddy deal for women and like a macho thing for guys? Uh, I think for everybody it's different. It could be a whole bunch of reasons why they do that. I mean, when it comes down to like cheating on someone, Mm -hmm. why is it that so many people out of 3 billion members of the other sex on earth, why is it that so many people tend to cheat with people who are close to them? Like their friend's boyfriend or their wife's brother or something like that. Why do people do that? Well, there's a little, you know, naughtiness to that. Oh, there's a big naughtiness to that. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it would be a big naughty, a big no-no. And maybe there's some excitement because of that. I would think so. And like we mentioned earlier, it could be a power thing. You know, can I really get this person to do something they're not supposed to do? Yeah, but I think the whole idea of it being a huge taboo has got to be a big driver there. Yeah, unfortunately, in the end, it doesn't end well. I mean, for God's sake, if you're going to cheat on someone, get as far away from the people you know. Right. Also, you know, it may be kind of a little cry for help. Like they kind of want to secretly get caught. Right. So they're kind of going to hope that they get caught so that they can sort of passively, aggressively throw the wrench in the relationship to end it. Right. Or to cause some jealousy and get some attention. Yeah. That's really scary. That's just flat out straight up dysfunctional. Someone could be thinking I'm not getting enough attention from my spouse or boyfriend. Therefore, I'll just, you know, flirt with somebody else and make them angry. And maybe he'll give me some more attention. That yeah, could be I mean, the thinking behind it. Man, does that create awkward turtles in the social circle, let alone your Thanksgiving dinner time with family? Right. Man, if you get caught doing that. I mean, I have heard about couples where the breakup happens and the remarriage happens to... Within the family. Within the family. Yeah. Yeah. Happens with the sibling. Oh, I've heard quite a few stories where a husband and wife end up breaking up. The wife ends up marrying the husband's dad. And then they're having another kid on top of that, which makes the relationship between the first kid and the second kid kind of awkward. God, before you know it, you're your own grandpa. Yeah. Well, the two kids would be their own first cousins and siblings. Well, also uncle. Well, exactly. Yeah, it's really all, complicated. All rolled into one. God, are you sure that only happens like where you came from in Kentucky, <laughs> out in the holler? No, that was here in Texas. Oh, I know that's where your family's from. Some funky <laughs> stuff like that happens up there. Oh, you only wish. They don't have the drama of friendships up there. They is all get along. Really? Yeah. That's because they're already all inbred. <laughs> They're already all each other's grandpa. Whatever. We digress. Moving on. Roommate drama. What about people you're actually living with? I was talking to a guy on a coaching call the other day, and he works with his roommate. So his roommate also knows the woman who he's starting to date because he met her through work. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately... The roommate sort of has a crush on the same woman. Oh, no. So as soon as he brings her back to the house, unexpectedly, the roommate's there. He was supposed to not have been there. Mm-hmm. And then he has to go to the bathroom or he has to run an errand or something or go to the other room. And sure enough, as soon as the guy leaves, the she roommate is... With him. No, no, no. The roommate's starting to talk her out of him. Say, like, oh, embarrassing I've things about him. Oh, I've had that happen before. Really? Yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> I forgot about this. The roommate was telling me, what is it you see in him? You know he's not good for you. Well, he, he stepped out of the room? Ve- yeah, he'd been really, really obvious. And it just reflects really badly on the roommate. Yeah. Now, if you have a roommate who's not getting a whole lot of action, and you're popular with members of the other sex, right? that's going to be a bad fit. Because 
there's nothing worse for the roommate who's not getting any action to have to listen to the two of you in the room. Well, together. it wouldn't be fun for him anyway. Well, I know, but you know if you're getting some action of your own, you can just sort of, you know, laugh it off. Right, but it's uh, not. But it really, really starts eating at you if you're not getting any action of your own. And it just, you can't help but be a little bit jealous, even in, in your heart, you know, at the deep core level. Because, you know, there's just this dichotomy between what you've got going on in your life and the loneliness you feel versus this other person and he's out getting all the women, mm -hmm. or, you know, she's if, out getting all the guys. Right, and especially if that other person's your type, if you both have the same type of person that you like. You know, you both like the same type of guy or you both like the same type of woman. The certain size, look, mystique, whatever it is that right. is just draws your attention. If you both have the same attraction for the same type of person, it's going to add a little difficulty there. They're always going to bring somebody that you're attracted to. I'll tell you what. Back when I lived in Arizona, I had three roommates, all of us guys. Mm -hmm. And we had an understanding. Just be cordial and be cool to whichever girl the guy brings. No making fun if she's not good looking enough. No hitting on her if she's way too good looking. Nothing in between. Just be cordial, be cool. Treat her like she's a non-entity, but be friendly. How did it work? Pretty well. Oh, good. But then again, all of us did pretty well with women. We were kind of all on the same page at that point. So part of the take home here is make sure that you're all on the same page as far as setting down and laying down the rules and yeah. that you're all equally successful with women. And it's helpful if you've got more than one roommate, though, because then you can leverage each other. Like if one guy starts falling out of line, there's three guys hammering him about it. Right. You have somebody to yeah. come back and check. See, if it's just you and one other guy, then it's going to be this he said, he said thing all the time. Right. That's that not makes good. sense. Yeah. So what happens, let's say, when you're in a relationship and together you're going to start friending other couples? Oh, wow. That's difficult because it's us women easy. have no problem making new friends. We as women are the gatekeepers for making friends, both for ourselves and for the love of our life. Yeah. And, you know, I think we as guys are happy with that arrangement because of that whole philosophy I've been throwing around lately where women are sort of in charge of what happens inside the nest. Like if you think of a bird's nest. Right. Mom is inside the nest, you know, keeping all the babies fed and keeping everything taken care of. Mm -hmm. You know, I know it sounds old school, but it's kind <laughs> of just how the design just, works. It works. No matter what kind of relationship right. people have, I've noticed that in my women's group, it seems like everyone has that same setup as well. Right. Meanwhile, the dad eagle is out, you know, fighting off all the predators and getting food and bringing it back to the nest, providing and protecting and kind of keeping the perimeter safe outside. Mm-hmm so that everybody inside the nest can be safe and comfortable to go about their business. Mama nurturing and everything. Right. And I think this whole idea of developing the social circle, being hospitable, creating the fun, the energy, that all revolves around feminine gifts. So women are naturally much better at it. So we as guys sort of just let them do it. Right. And so we try to create new friendships. You know, we do little dinners and we put everybody together and we hope that our guy and her guy get along and hit it off. Yeah, right. And the problem is we have nothing to do with it. Right. So it makes it difficult because you feel forced into the situation. And, you know, I'm a pretty easygoing guy. There's lots of stuff I like. I can, you know, if guys are interested in motorcycles or sports or if they're not interested in gun sports, cars or anything, and they're interested in collecting butterflies or stamps or something, you know, I'm good with that. You know, I can roll with the punches. 
I can be a jack of all trades, master of none, with the best of them. You know? Oh yeah, you're very easygoing. I put a beer in the guy's hand, and we make some picadillo or barbecue up something, and everybody's friends, right? Correct. But the problem comes when we make friends with people, and we're very deeply in love, and we adore each other, and these two across the table, they just they can't stand each other, and it's just like thinly veiled the whole time we're together. These people are like one inch away from divorce. Right. In some cases, we're not even aware of it until later, the whole awkwardness was going on and why it was going on. Hey, you remember that time that we had a couple over for dinner, and the lady said to her husband, why can't you be more like Emily's husband? Yeah, it was painful. God, that was painful. I cringed. Right. You pretend no one heard it. I mean, at that very moment, it's like we didn't make friends with you after all. That just basically shot the whole thing to hell. Yes. That guy's never coming back. Mm-mm. Never uh -uh. did. Uh-uh. I know. Mm -mm. It's terrible. It happens. I think, um, unfortunately, couples who actually like each other are relatively rare. They're hard to find. It's hard to find couples who are not just happy together, but deeply happy. And, and thriving. Right. Yeah. So you have to have a healthy relationship and find another couple that also has a healthy relationship. Otherwise, if you're hanging out with another couple who aren't, there's always somebody feeling resentment and not being happy because you're a reminder of what they wish they had. You're a reminder of what's broken. And the resentment can go in other directions, too. I mean, here's the reality. I have a hot wife, okay? Aww. I have, oh, you know I love you. I know. I may have a great face for radio, but I have a hot wife. And what happens is Emily is very sweet. She's very down-to-earth. And you're also very non-judgmental, and you're not a snob. Right. So you make friends with women of all types. All the time. All shapes and sizes, all varying degrees of hotness. And anytime you make friends with a woman who's not going to be very attractive to a whole lot of guys, and she brings her husband over, and he's pretty much a normal guy like me, I always throw up my hands and go, oh, here we go again. Why is that, babe? Because guys with hot wives have a hard time finding other married dudes to hang out with. Because, you know, especially when you get to be in your 40s, there's not a whole lot of hot wives. There just aren't a whole lot of them. And when a guy's looking at this other guy, and he's got a hot wife, and he's looking at his own wife and thinking maybe he's settled, which of course is the thing that must never be in the X and Y communications world. Right. I mean, settling. that's why we always preach really hard. You always find the woman or the man who's the love of your life, and never settle for less so that you never end up in this position. And, of course, deserve what you want so you get to that position. Exactly. Where you can pick and choose. Well, invariably, when a guy comes over and my wife is hotter than his, he doesn't want to be friends. And I completely understand. It's just too awkward. It's too painful. Isn't that sad? It is. Yeah, but that's definitely a reason why you don't ever want to settle. Well, I would imagine it would be difficult for the guy if he has a little crush or finds your wife attractive mm. we've had that happen before too <laughs> especially when they get a few drinks in them i don't remember that oh yeah uh, we've well, had a few women flirt and hit on you because of it yeah well i think you're flattered by that because you know i'm not going to do anything about it but of course it pisses their husbands off True. and that's the problem it comes back full circle well they don't always do it when he's here well then he never knows he never knows yeah we've had that happen oh yeah we've had that happen too but uh, I think that leads us to the next thing, which is running parties. Right. You know, when you have several couples over and you're making friends, then all of a sudden you've got to make sure all the friends you're inviting over aren't going to create drama with each other. Mm -hmm. Like if one set of friends 
you know, she's in some sort of tiff with the other wife or the two husbands can't stand each other. You know, you got to know this stuff up front or you're just creating this massive explosive mix. Yes. I've, ha I've had that come to a head at my house before. I've had people who didn't like each other show up at my party and it was like, who knew? Uh -oh. And it became dramatic, especially after they get a few drinks in them. Oh, boy. I've had to kick everybody out of my house before because of it. Oh, my goodness. I didn't hear about this. You have to tell me more about that. Well, you know, I hosted a party for a bunch of BMX buddies back in the day. And uh, the gal I was dating invited some of her own friends. And we were like, hey, cool. We'll have a nice open house. And everybody started drinking a little and having plenty to eat. And it turned out that these two guys couldn't stand each other. They knew each other socially and couldn't stand each other. Right. And after a couple of drinks, they started going at it. And it mm. became really embarrassing for their girlfriends. Oh, no. And some of my personal possessions were starting to be threatened. Oh. And I basically had to play bouncer in my own house and kick everybody out. Hmm. I knew what the funniest part of all was. What? It had just started, like, torrentially raining outside. Right when I had to kick everybody out. <laughs> Oh, no, that's so awful. some of my better friends and some of the, you know, women who wanted to kind of be charmers were like, do I really have to go? I didn't do anything. And my friends were like, dude, do we really have to leave just because of those guys? So I kind of had to like play good cop, bad cop. And it was really crazy. It was really difficult to do, but I somehow salvaged it. Well, good for you. I was a few friends lighter the next day than I was that night. Right. But, you know. Everybody eventually got over it. Right. But man, you know, the things you have to think about. Yeah, well, I have to think about that all the time because, you know, running the mom's group and the women's group. Yeah. I always have to be conscious of who gets along with who. Thank goodness that most of the women in my group all get along great. But, you know, in times past, we've had little tiffs here and there flare up. And I've had to learn how to deal with it, how to spot it before it happens and just get to know the different personalities of women and how they interact and when we do family functions, you know, those are also things we have to take in consideration. We've even had one lady that we had to ask not to bring her husband. That's so embarrassing for her. Well, they're not together anymore. I wonder why. Well, she's better off. Well, you know, once guys start embarrassing women or vice versa, when you start embarrassing your significant other in public, that's the beginning of the end of the relationship. Very few people can withstand that. And right. if they do, they're going to be long-suffering. Well, sometimes couples, you know, one of the couple, either the man or the woman, have such a bad attitude or such a personality that mm. rubs everyone the wrong way, causes everybody not to be friends with them. Oh, yeah. So, right. you know, you might be losing your friends because your significant other that you care about might be driving them off. Another thing, you know what, I have to add to this conversation before we close it is, man, once you start having children, you have that extra layer of complication. The kids <laughs> have to get along. Yeah, well, especially Play the dates. older they are. When they're little two-year-olds, they all get along great. Matter of fact, today I was at a wedding. And Sarah, my little girl, met another little girl who's mm -hmm. two. And one of the moms made a comment. Wow, it's so cool how the kids, they just meet and they just know how to be instantly friends. You know, it's so much different when we're all adults. Well, when you meet a couple and you like them and they have kids who are very hard to like... <laughs> Sometimes that makes the family get together a little awkward and it doesn't even have anything to do with the couples themselves, the men and the women, the husband and wives. We get along fine, but the kids, it just becomes a nuclear war. Well, that's a challenge. It's a lot of work. Right. I was also thinking for couples who are new at getting married, especially couples who are in their 20s mm -hmm. and all their friends are still single or all their friends have just gotten married, but they have no kids. Well, once they start to have kids, you're adding a whole nother dimension of 
different interests, different things that they talk about. They're not going to be talking about who they dated yesterday or what they did as a couple when they went out on date night. Because as a married couple with children, now you're talking about diapers and right. the topics are just so different. Because if you never had kids, you can't relate to all that. Isn't that crazy? It's exactly like when you get into a relationship, you sort of separate from your single friends. Once you start building a family... You separate from the... People who haven't had kids yet. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Man, that's just crazy. Mm-hmm. I think the takeaway here is, you know, always have the lights on. Know what you're dealing with. Know who you're dealing with. If you want to keep your friends after you get into a relationship, make sure you stay on the level with those friends and talk to them about what they're used to talking to them about. Give them the attention that they want need from you or else you'll lose them. Yes. And meanwhile, it's really hard to do that because you're placing a higher priority on your new significant other. And meanwhile, when you make friends with couples, I'll tell you what, all y'all listening, all y'all listening, you can only do your part. You be cool, you be a friend, and if they have drama of their own that isn't going to be able to withstand the happiness that you and your significant other share then you're just going to have to let them go. And you can't take it personally. And you kind of have to use some of the 2024 site we've given you in this podcast, read between the lines and move from there. Right. A lot of it's just how things happen to progress in life. You get married, you lose your single friends. You start to have kids, you lose the friends who who don't have kids. And it's hard to keep those bonds. If you keep them, that is a wonderful, cherished relationship that you should always keep and enjoy and appreciate that it's unique and very rare. Now, when you find yourself in that situation where you don't have quite the number of friends you used to have, there's things you can do to help build a new, improved circle. And that would be going into the community and finding different groups. Like I started the mom's group for me and the children. There's also women's groups that will, you know, for singles, they can support each other and go out together and do all the single things that women like to do and hang out with. I'm sure there's men's groups that do that as well. Yeah, help you build new friendships with guys who have common interests, and maybe those guys might be married also. Right. So you can start anew from that front with that much in common. Exactly. I can tell you there's been a lot of women who've joined my group with children, whether they're married or single, but they have joined my group because they feel that need of having friends, and they've lost friends, and it's been heartbreaking. Where I know in one particular case, one of the moms came, And she was heartbroken because her friends basically, when it came to Christmas, didn't include her in the Christmas parties because they didn't want her little one to come along. She felt heartbroken because she was rejected just on the basis of the fact that she had a child. Well, time to make new friends. And that's exactly what she did. She found a new circle and she's thankful for it. Speaking of making new friends, if you want to find Emily and I on Facebook, go to www.facebook.com front slash Scott and Emily and join our thriving community. I post some fun articles up there and I'd love to hear what you have to say about them. If you're not on our newsletter list, I'm telling you what, you're missing out. You need to be on it. If you're a guy, go to www.deservewhatyouwant.com and fill out the form in the annoying little popover that comes up and get you your copy of my report, get the first date and the second date. And Emily has also got a report for you on knowing whether he wants to marry you or not. And you can get that at www.clickwithhim.com. Don't miss it. And until we talk to you again real soon, I'm Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. Until episode number 49 of X and Y on the Fly, be good. 
and have fun. You've been listening to the X and Y on the Fly Dating Podcast with Scott and Emily McKay. Copyright 2009 by the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be sure to listen to Scott and Emily's other podcasts, including The Chick Whisperer, Dating Cast, and Online Dating Profile Rating, all found on iTunes or at x-net-media.com. Also, check out Scott and Emily on the web at www.deservewhatyouwant.com. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be good and have fun.